Hey guys, it's Derek. We're back on the podcast. And this week, Ash and I are sitting down to discuss all of the things that we once believed in fitness and nutrition, but no longer buy into. And this is either because we've matured and grown within our fitness journey to understand that those things aren't necessarily as important as we once thought, or the science has just completely disproven those things and allowed us to learn and adapt and modify our behaviors and our habits to make sure that we're no longer in that cycle of doing things that aren't necessarily conducive to our goals. So we really hope you guys enjoy the episode. We hope there's something you can take out of it and take with you and implement on your journey to move you closer towards your goals. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is episode number 47, and I am here with my lovely wife-to-be, Ashley Broderick. <laughs> Ashley, how are you? Great, how are you? Wonderful. That was a new one. I haven't said that one yet. I know. I thought you were going to say wife for a second. I started panicking. Why, why would you <laughs> panic? That's mean. <laughs> just kidding. Okay, so we know that I am... You literally just said I looked like a bum. 24-7. I said I, myself, look like no. a bum. I said you always look like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But anyway, uh, like I said, guys, this is episode 47. We are back, and today Ashley and I are coming at you, and we're going to be talking about the things in fitness and nutrition that we used to believe mm-hmm. that we no longer buy into. Yeah. Or that have been disproven by science. Yep. Right? I'm so, excited. Yeah, it's going to be a great episode. And as usual, we'll give you a quick life update here, quick update on ballistic performance. So life update, not a whole lot going on. I finished my first two weeks of training at my new job with Power mm-hmm. uh, and crushed. It was <laughs> awesome. Uh, actually turned out to be way more into it than I thought I would be. Uh, there's a highly competitive aspect to it, so I love that. And uh, yeah, so into the next phase of training, which is... Some uh, good old sales going door to door, so it's gonna build up, uh, build up some. What's the word I'm looking for? I'm gonna develop some thick skin because I'm gonna get a lot of nose, <laughs> right? Because yeah. that's how it goes. But uh, it's gonna be a good experience, and then we transition to the next phase eventually. So it's all part of the process. And other than that, really, we just had some friends in town this weekend. Mm-hmm. Right, Karen and Thorne were here visiting. We went to an apple orchard. We did some grilling out. Uh, you and Karen picked out some flowers for the wedding. Yeah, we're going fake flowers. That's right, people. Haters gonna hate. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you got flowers, and then what did you do while we were out getting flowers? So anybody listening, number one, if you don't like naps, and you're for some reason you have that misfortune, like Ashley does. I don't who, like naps. When she takes a nap, she gets grumpier. <laughs> That's just number one. That's really sad. Number two, you're going to judge me for this. But if you're a normal human being and you love taking naps and there's nothing better than a rainy Sunday or Saturday with some football on TV and just a little bit tired, a little bit cold. So you got the blanket on you and you just pass out for what you thought was 30 minutes and it just turned out to be four and a half hours. Yeah. Like that's not (laughs) normal. (laughs) So yeah, I took a four hour nap yesterday. My body must have needed it. That's my only... Sure. Same. But did I take a nap? <laughs> anyway, I think on rare occasion, I'm a lot, I'm a, entitled to that. Yes, I agree. Kind of. 
Okay, well, anyway, moving on from life updates. You didn't have anything else to add, did you? I don't think so. Okay, moving on from life updates, ballistic performance. Number one, I want to apologize to you guys because we gave you this update a while ago. And I know, there's been I some big delays. Number two, I want to actually explain to you what's happening. So with the apparel, we told you a couple weeks ago it was ready to rock and roll because we thought it was. Turns out the my cousin's company that we're working with, with the fulfillment center, they were unable to source a couple of the garments that we wanted. So that turned into searching for new garments, which turned into him going on an elk hunting trip, which turned into no communication. And now we're finally back in touch with one another, found some new items to source, and hopefully we'll get confirmation that they are going to go on their end so we can launch our store here. I don't want to give you a timeline anymore, but we did take the next step in the process and hopefully we can actually bring that to you here soon. Yeah, I hope so. Second thing, why don't you fill us in? Program launch. Yeah. Yeah, because it's coming out Tuesday. I was like, (gasps) don't tell anyone. But it's already been... Yeah. Yeah, so... You will see on our Instagram or email uh, list that we launched two new programs, and they are very different from Move and Build. They are called Genesis and Revelation, and they are a one-time purchase, eight-week program for both of them. And Genesis is basically if you... uh, are a beginner and not necessarily comfortable in the weight room. And then revelation hits my heart hard. Is that the right phrase? Hits you right in the feels. Yeah. Hits me right in the feels. (laughs) It's, it's basically the program that Derek took me through when I broke my back and he was transitioning me to getting stronger. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. So I think both programs are really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, they look completely different from Build and Move. And uh, one is like even a little taste of something else we've got cooking for all of y'all in the near mm-hmm. future. I'm not going to give anything else out about Before it. Before 2021. Yep. Still in 2020. So we've got something else cooking for you. Uh, but yeah, so I'm really excited about those. We put a lot of time in developing those programs. So hopefully, if you're a listener out there and you've been thinking... I'm just not sure if I can handle build or move. They sound a little too intense for me or it sounds a little too bodybuilder-esque for me, whatever it is. Or you're just not, you're not ready to in the commit month to month. Yeah, or you're not ready to commit month to month. These are going to be fantastic options for you to just put your foot in the door, right? Get your foot mm-hmm. in the door, get a little taste. If you like it, fantastic. If you don't, guess what? You still got an awesome program that's still going to move you forward on your fitness journey. Yeah. Okay, and then lastly... We want to hear from y'all. So we say this at the end of every podcast, but I wanted to say at the beginning today, and then I'll probably just reiterate it at the end. But we want to hear from you guys. We want to know what you want us to talk about, whether it's mm-hmm. on the podcast or Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, the blog, etc. We want to know the topics that you're interested in, right? We can keep pulling topics out of our little knowledge vault and out of our experiences with you guys in our one-on-one meetings. But... I know there are more things that you're confused about, that you have questions about, that you don't comment about on the post, Mm -hmm. but you actually would love to get some more information about. So be sure to reach out to us. We don't care how you get a hold of us, but let us know. We're more than happy to dive into those things. Absolutely. Okay. Is that it for updates? Are we good there? I think so. Yeah. Fantastic. So I figured we'd split this up. Mm -hmm. We'll break it into fitness, 
and then nutrition. Perfect. And like we said, we're going to talk about the things that we once believed that we no longer buy into or we no longer believe either because we've evolved and adapted our methods or science has just straight up disproven it. Yeah. Or both. Yeah. Sweet. All right. The first one. You need isolation exercises to develop and or maintain physique. I was a huge proponent of this. So if those of you that don't know, I started bodybuilding in college and competed a little bit. And because of that, you know, I did a lot of isolation work on some of my training. Days What's and isolation some of my splits. work for people that Meaning don't know? single joint exercises. So but think, like bicep think bicep curls, triceps extensions, calf raises, that sort of thing. <laughs> And so I did a lot of that because I was competing in an aesthetic-based sport. And granted, I wasn't competing at the highest levels, but you still had to do those things. And so when I transitioned to CrossFit, I remember in the beginning, I was still really, really dead set on like, okay, well, I can do CrossFit full-time, but I still need to work in like some curls. I still need to do some like calf raises. I still need to do these things that I was doing in bodybuilding or Mm -hmm. else I'm going to lose that my hashtag gains, right? I'm going to lose what I had developed. Uh, And, you know, now just having grown and matured in my fitness journey, I know that's not true. It it is so incredibly difficult for your body to atrophy and for your muscles to atrophy and for you to actually lose the muscle fibers or the, the increases in muscle fibers that you developed that if you're still exposing them to some kind of stimuli on a daily basis through GPP style workouts like CrossFit, or, you know, move, for example, you're not going to lose any of those adaptations that you had gained. Mm-hmm. It's just that simple. Yeah. And a lot of it, you can still make improvements in your physique through interval training, through high intensity interval training, through, you know, GPP style workouts like CrossFit. Like there will still be adaptations that occur because you're still providing progressive overload to the body in some capacity. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. All right, second one. Every session needs to be high intensity. Oh, yeah, I'm way beyond this. But you've been there. I've been there. When you first get into something like CrossFit, and I'm going to use CrossFit a lot because that's been my transition, right? I went from bodybuilding to CrossFit to now build and move and, and our programs. But I just thought you you just came in and you went like balls to the wall every day. You just redlined or got as close to the red line as you could on every workout. And it it was all relative to the duration, of course, but I just thought that was it. Like you came in, put it all out there and that's how you did it. That's how you kept going. That's how you got fitter, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And we know now that's just untrue. Yeah. There are smarter ways to go about it. You will eventually burn out doing that because your central nervous system, your muscular system, your endocrine system, all these systems of the body can only maintain so much exposure so much stimulus eventually you're going to overload them to the point where they're unable to recover and that's when you get into things like overreaching overtraining and you know just ending up in a really bad position yeah uh next one everyone needs to snatch walk on their hands and do muscle ups yeah how do you feel about that one uh i don't know i mean i don't think because of my background coming from sports performance I was taught from the very beginning, no one needs to be snatching. Like it's... Of course you were. Yeah. So I never thought that part. And then personally, it's just hard. Like I love walking on my hands and muscle ups were like my biggest weakness in CrossFit. So I like working on those. (laughs) Right. But that's the difference, right? All those things you just explained are besides the snatching part, which is just some kind of 
for some reason, it's been so frowned upon in the sport performance community because those coaches just don't want to go through the technicalities of teaching people how to do it correctly, Mm -hmm. which I don't blame them. It's hard, especially in a team setting, but they're not dangerous. So quit making them out to be that way. Yeah. But then the other two things that you mentioned, like you enjoy trying to achieve those things or do those things and pursue those things. Mm -hmm. But not everyone needs to do them. I know when I started coaching, I was under the firm belief like, you needed to be exposed to as many things as possible, right? You should be able to, or at least be interested in pursuing walking on your hands. You should progress, like do the progressions to achieve those higher skill movements. Yeah. And I would have like literally told anybody, I don't care how old you are. Like we'll get you, we'll progress you there. I don't care like what your limitations are. We'll scale around it. Like you should be exposed to these things. And I still agree to that in a certain sense, but I'm very much open to the fact that Okay, you might not want to walk on your hands. Yeah, you might it's not dependent want on to your goals. Right. It's dependent mm-hmm. on your goals. And But just because you don't want to do something doesn't mean you shouldn't do it either, right? Like, yeah. I'm not talking muscle-ups and snatches, but if you're someone who's like, I don't care if I ever get a pull-up. Well, a pull-up is like a basic mechanical movement pattern that you probably should learn to develop in some mm-hmm. capacity, right? Or like a push-up, right? Those are all foundational things that I don't care if you don't want to do them they are going to benefit you significantly versus something as skill as walk on your hands. Right. Exactly. So I still like those things, but not everybody needs them. Yeah. Next one. You don't need periodization. Yeah. So this comes, I think from CrossFit again, you know, when I first started CrossFit and when I first started specifically, when I first started programming, it's all about structured variants, right? It's about constant variants throughout the program as it relates to time domains, equipment, formats, et cetera, basically anything that you can change. And that's the whole intent of GPP training is to get really good at everything, become a jack of all trades, a master at none. And periodization is just not really part of that Mm -hmm. unless you're following some sort of structured strength cycle, which very few places do. But, you know, that was it. I just thought, okay, you don't need periodization to make progress. But the, the truth is, and, you know, what the science and the evidence supports is that you will make progressive improvements through periodization. Like periodization works, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's undulating or linear or the conjugate method or any of that, there is a method to the madness. Periodization will move you closer to your goals, whether they be GPP or hypertrophy or strength, specifically hypertrophy and strength, right? Even muscular endurance. GPP, you can get away with having a little less periodization. So you think you need... Yeah, you need periodization, yes. Okay. In some capacity. Gotcha. Uh, next, CrossFit is a solution for everyone. Yeah, so this one's hard for me because I don't... I was just going to say I'm very curious to what you Because say. I think it is the... I think the methodology is the most effective and fun fitness program on the planet right yeah and in move we take a lot of those concepts we don't do everything but we've definitely adopted some of those things it's like you like you said you added periodization to right that. but i added periodization i added more work to rest ratios i basically just implemented more structure to it mm-hmm. however you know just looking let's say gpp in general not just crossfit that style training that high intensity interval style boot camp style training is really fun it's awesome to be with a group of people it will definitely lead to better fitness. However, 
if it's really dependent on your goal as well. If you come in and you're someone who is significantly overweight or even morbidly obese, is it appropriate for you to come in and do a five-minute Metcon? Right? Yeah. That's where I'm getting at here is I think there are little nuances and little loopholes mm-hmm. that do not in, not exclude but require additional modifications or adjustments to the program. That's what I was going to say. I feel like it's very dependent on the program. Right. Yeah. Like I just I think for someone who is significantly overweight or obese and just for their general health, they need to lose weight. They could definitely still utilize the concepts and methods of CrossFit, but the programming should probably be adjusted for that individual in terms of, okay, you need to expend more energy. You mm-hmm. need to probably engage in more low to moderate intensities for yeah. prolonged periods of times, like 15, 20, 25 plus minutes. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to worry about coming in on the day we're doing Fran in class or we're doing a five minute high intensity circuit yeah. right because most likely those individuals aren't going to be able to use the weight necessary to get that stimulus in the short workouts right and they're unlikely to be able to mentally and physically yeah push to the threshold at which they need to to achieve like you said achieve to achieve the stimulus so mm-hmm. that's it's just some nuance it's really just some loopholes that i yeah. think yeah the only other thing i can think of with crossfit may not be for everyone is we always talk about you have to find something you enjoy if you don't like it, okay, it's not for you. Yeah, for sure. Like you're not going to stick with it then. Now that said, I also, let's, <laughs> oh, say, no. let's say somebody comes to us, right? And we've had this happen. They're like, oh, I don't I don't really like, I'm not a big fan of CrossFit. And we're like, okay, what do you enjoy? And it's, you know, it's cycling or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. You enjoy cycling, but guess what? Cycling, spinning, however you want to label it, has no resistance training involved whatsoever. Yeah. You need resistance training in your life. So even if you don't love resistance training, there's some things that are non-negotiables. Yeah, like, yeah. You need that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, next one. You can only identify with one fitness program methodology. Yeah, so I think this one's huge too because I at one point had my like whole identity in CrossFit and I think a lot of people identify with one particular fitness methodology or program, right? Like CrossFit has CrossFitters. Like... Orange Theory, I don't even know what I would call them, but... Right? Splat pointers. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, those are splat point chasers. I'm just making that term up. But you know what I mean. There's a, like vernac- builder, there's a vernacular associated with certain types of, of yeah. fitness programs, and you identify with those things, right? Like, oh, I go to Soul Cycle, Like, that's what I do. Yeah. Right? I go to Orange Theory. That's what I do. And I think a lot of times we get stuck in those lanes Whereas, yes, you need to follow one program and be consistent with that or else you're never going to see results. You can't just bounce from one thing to the other. But there's no reason that you can't mix and sprinkle a few other things in. Like if you really do enjoy spinning. Or if you enjoy running. Or running or any of these things, go do that once or twice a week. But Mm -hmm. pick a primary program and then feel free to incorporate some other things. You don't have to only do that one thing. Mm Absolutely. Absolutely. Last fitness one. Everyone should strive to become a f- as fit as humanly possible. Yeah. So this one's also a unique one because I think we all should strive to improve our fitness, right? Mm-hmm. But I think, and this goes into the topic we discussed last week, I believe it was about, you know, finding maintenance and, and pursuing that. There comes a point where you don't need to strive for a higher deadlift, to strive for more unbroken muscle ups 
to run a faster mile, right? There's all these things where, yes, you want to continue to maintain your health and maintain your, your capacity and your abilities, but you don't need to keep striving to be even better than what you've already achieved, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're in that maintenance phase, eventually you're to the point where now I can do everything I want to do. I feel incredible. I like the way I look and I'm not injured. So I want to try to maintain all of those things. I don't need to go crazy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Cool. So we're done with fitness. I think so. All right. We're chugging right along. Nutrition. How about I ask you? I like asking. All right. You go for it. All right. The anabolic window. Yeah, so we've talked about this on multiple posts. I think we did a blog post on it as well. The anabolic window has been disproven in recent years through the research and with the evidence. And that, and if those of you listening don't know what the anabolic window is, it was this period of time following training in which everyone was led to believe, because it's what, we, it's what the science showed back then, that you had to consume a specific amount of protein and a specific amount of carbohydrate together within 30, about 30 minutes post-exercise in order to enhance protein synthesis, enhance recovery, and everything that's associated with it. And now what the evidence shows is that there's really just this four to six hour window surrounding training in which you need to eat beforehand and you need to eat after. It's not really, hey, I need to eat within 15 to 30 minutes or I've missed out on my chance to improve my adaptations or my recovery. It's just, hey, you need to eat within a couple hours after your training just to replenish glycogen stores, promote uh, protein synthesis, and really just start moving forward or keep Mm -hmm. progressing forward. Yeah. Going along kind of the same lines, second one's protein shakes are the ideal post-workout nutrition. Yeah, and I think I capitalized ideal for a reason. I'm glad you emphasized it when you said it. There... You know, you don't need protein shakes. Do mm-hmm. we think they're convenient? Absolutely. Are they the best for some people because of that convenience and the ease? Absolutely. But you don't have to drink a protein shake. You can just go home and eat real food. Mm-hmm. Right? So yes, they are easy and convenient, but that doesn't mean they're the best for everyone. Yeah. So you got to find what works for you. If a shake is easy and that makes sure or that ensures that you've gotten in the calories that you need to get in post-exercise, fantastic. If you don't like protein shakes, that's okay. You need to have a meal ready to go when you get home. Yep. All right. Third, starch is the enemy. Oh, yeah. I used to literally think this. Like in my head, I was like, I cannot eat starch. But uh, we just know this not to be true, right? Our bodies... What is starch for anyone that doesn't know? So when we say starch, just think of things like rice, sweet potatoes, uh, tortillas, even breads, pastas, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? High, Like higher glycemic carbohydrates. And, you know, our bodies, literally our energy is produced off of glycogen, right? We eat glucose, it's converted to glycogen and stored in our muscles. And that's how we produce energy of movement. And so, you know, like to think that we can engage in moderate to high intensity exercise throughout the week and not have any of that at the ready, not have any glycogen stored is just foolish, right? The, The science just doesn't support it. The literally... The and the physiology and the chemistry of our bodies does not support that idea. Yeah, and the mental side of it is if you deprive yourself of it for so long, the second that you're in a social situation where there's starches available, you're way more likely to overindulge and not feel good about it. Yeah, 
Yeah, restriction is not the answer. Mm-hmm. The next one, this is my favorite. White rice is better than brown rice. <gasps> <laughs> How dare you, right? Yeah. We've had this conversation with I can't even. I mean, I, I get it. I get it too because it was, it was, it's still. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the, shout it on the rooftops, right? Everybody yeah. is still saying this, but you've so done a lot of the research on it. Do you want to explain it a little bit? Yeah. I mean, it's really simple for how much you're eating. I think it was brown rice has a few more grams of fiber and it's literally not significant enough. Like if you're eating a diet balanced of whole nutrient dense foods, it is not making a difference. Um, it's so insignificant. Literally, yeah, it's insignificant. Literally, eat the one that you like. We eat white, white, white rice every night. Sometimes we order brown rice with like chipotle. Very rarely though. Yeah, but just eat the one that you like. There you go. Boom. And then I think this is the same topic, right? Same yeah. idea. White potatoes are not as good as sweet potatoes. Yeah. They just have different vitamins and minerals. Yeah. Different micronutrient profile, guys. It's mm-hmm. not a matter of one's better than the other. And we're going to get into another tangent of this topic here soon. It's not one is better than the other. It's that one has a completely different micronutrient profile than the other. You can get certain vitamins and minerals in white potatoes that you can't get in sweet potatoes and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And that's really it. Like, yes, you can dive into the whole glycemic index and all of that bullshit, but it's again... Well, they're not that different. Well, I was just going to say, it's really insignificant yeah. in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And those two are great examples that I give clients when I'm like, they're like, oh, I'm getting so bored of my food. And I'm like, well, what'd you eat last week? And they're like, sweet potatoes. I'm like, eat white potatoes. Like, try it for this week. And they're like, oh my God, that was the best thing I've ever eaten. So like that small variation can make a huge difference. Absolutely. Um, next one, egg whites are better for you than whole eggs. So these are like, I just wanted to hit all these buzz ones, right? So again, there is vitamins and minerals within the egg yolk that you cannot get in the egg white, specifically omega-3 fats, right? Omega-3 fatty acids. Mm -hmm. When you're not eating the whole egg, that's okay. Maybe you are, maybe you have a really strict macronutrient profile that you're trying to follow and you can't afford the additional fat that's in them. Okay, whatever. But hold the egg yolk is a really rich in nutrients. Like there's a lot of stuff in there. And specifically, like I said, the omega-3 fatty acids that you should be eating. Mm -hmm. So incorporate egg yolks into your diet. Yeah. The next one, you need BCAAs, creatine, et cetera, to maximize results. So I think this is more for the bodybuilders listening and in the bodybuilding community in CrossFit as well, though, I guess you could Mm say. Number one... Like you've got to be careful with supplements, right? There, yeah. Depending on what company you're looking at, what what brand you're you're trying to order from, they're not all created equal. The supplement industry is not regulated by the FDA, so yeah. really, as long as you have the money and the distribution, anybody can create a supplement and and sell it. Yeah, if you get tested, like drug tested, if you're a professional athlete, yeah, sometimes like, you'll fail. Mm-hmm. You have to be careful. You don't know what's in them. So there are organizations that do it independently and you can Mm -hmm. check those out and Google those. But what you need to know is that if you're eating a balanced diet, and I hate to call it a diet, but you know what I'm saying. If you're eating real nutrient foods and eating them in adequate portions Mm -hmm. or adequate amounts, 
you're getting all of the vitamins and nutrients that you need. Specifically like BCAAs, you are getting enough branched-chain amino acids from your protein sources if you're eating animal products. Mm-hmm. You don't need to supplement with BCAAs. All you're doing is buying really expensive powder, right? That's mm-hmm. really all it is. So as long as you're eating adequate amounts of animal product protein, you're going to be good to go. Yeah. And creatine, unless you're really striving for some type of performance goal in which it requires high intensity maximal efforts less than 10 seconds, mm-hmm. so like a clean and jerk or a snatch or a 100 meter dash, it's probably not going to benefit you. You're probably just going to retain water and you're not going to feel that much stronger. Yeah. Next one, all proteins and protein bars are created equal. This goes with the story that we just made right before this, right? <laughs> so, yeah, we've talked about this before too on other episodes and other Instagram posts. You've got to be careful when you're looking at protein bars. First and foremost, we would never recommend that a protein bar substitutes as a meal. Like you we always promote whole food first. Yeah. However, we also understand that Life is crazy and people have different work schedules and all those things. And sometimes you literally don't have time for a real whole food meal. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, okay, then we can start looking at protein bar, protein shake, protein, you know, powder, all that stuff. We can look at a way to supplement until we figure something out. Absolutely. And so that said, if you are someone that has to eat a bar due to time restraints or something like that, they're not all the same. You can't just go in and pick up the Gatorade bar because you recognize the brand name and think that it's going to be good to go, mm-hmm. right? A lot of times protein bars, are their macronutrient pi- profile looks pretty similar to a Snickers. They're not that great for you. There's a lot of additives in them. There's a lot of added sugars. The protein is typically soy protein instead of whey protein. And there's just honestly a load of crap in there that you do not need. Yeah. So you want to read the ingredient list. Number one ingredient should be whey protein or whey protein isolate, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, ideally the second ingredient is some type of whole food. Yeah. So even though you're not going to be able to pronounce necessarily all the ingredients on there, because again, these are processed, right? They're protein bars. Mm-hmm. You want to be careful what you're getting into. You want to make sure that it has a decent amount of fiber, that it has an adequate amount of protein. Let's just say like 15 grams or more. Yeah. And enough fat to keep you satiated. Yeah, that's, I think it was on the Sassy Dietitian's Instagram, but I was, I saw that a lot of people have been just eating half of the bar. And we had a conversation where like, no, like if you're eating a protein bar, you need to be eating, most likely you need to be eating the whole thing. Otherwise it's going to keep you full for like 10 minutes, maybe. And like, that's a lot of willpower to stop halfway. <laughs> well, and just think about this, right? Uh, even the protein bars that we just got from First Form, mm-hmm. which are incredible and highly recommend, 10 out of 10, right? Yeah. Those bars are like 280 calories, I believe. Don't mm-hmm. quote me on that. It might be 260 or 240. I, it's it's somewhere between... It's over 200. Yeah, it's definitely over 200, less than 300. Sorry, I don't know the number off the top of my head. But if you only eat half of that, now you're talking you only had 100 and let's say 20 calories. Mm-hmm. 120 calories. That's that nothing. is nothing. That is not even a snack. Yeah. That is so few calories. And like probably out of those 120 calories, you're lucky if you're getting 10 grams of protein and maybe five grams of fat, right? It's so little of the macronutrients 
that you're gonna be hungry it's yeah. it's literally impossible not to be yeah absolutely Alrighty, next thing dairy and gluten are bad for you oh this one gets me fired up this is a huge pet peeve of mine okay first and foremost we are not saying that there are not people who have intolerances to dairy and gluten right yeah like, celiac disease is a real thing mm -hmm. right and dairy intolerance is a real thing lactose intolerance right or even just a mild case of yeah intolerance but most of you who claim to have that do not you have read some article or listened to some fitspo on instagram that literally says cutting out dairy and gluten will make you lose weight exactly you listened and you Ugh. bought right into some bullshit from somebody who told you that you have to cut those things to lose yeah. weight or that those so things mad. bloat you and guess what they probably don't maybe you're that person who does have an, a sensitivity or an intolerance but it's unlikely. Yeah. Most people can tolerate both of those things. And most people don't even know what the hell gluten is. So <laughs> if you come up to me and tell me, you better be ready to back it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it makes me so mad. All right. There are good and bad foods. Yeah. Ugh, so this is kind of what I was mentioning that. earlier. We were going to get into this tangent. Because we had said like white potatoes are better for you than sweet potatoes or you know, white rice is better than brown rice. That really just feeds into this whole concept of like good and bad foods. White rice is bad. Right, yeah, white rice is bad, right? That feeds into this whole mindset of there are good and bad foods, that there are quote-unquote cheap meals and like eating clean and all these things. When you start labeling things as good and bad, that is basically the gateway to disordered eating. Yeah. Right? It's the gateway to body dysmorphia. It's the gateway to all these poor relationships with food because you're thinking in your head when you eat a slice of pizza that it's bad. Wow, I'm being bad. Like I just had a bad food. I just yeah. ate a lot of bad food and now I feel guilty. Then the next day my body image is going to immediately be down even if I don't look any different. Mm -hmm. And then this cycle continues for months and years and decades. And before you know it, you like can't even unfuck yourself. You are just so jacked up mentally because you've been convinced by the Fitzbos and just the entire industry that there is such thing as good and bad foods. Yeah, like food is food. That is all it is. And yes, there's more nutrient dense foods. And it's important that you recognize what those foods are. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're good yeah exactly Does that make sense? yeah that, hit that nail on the head thanks <laughs> last one fats make you fat oh god i still get this especially from like our parents generation yeah well so i can talk personally about this one i remember when i was working with a nutrition coach my very first time my fat macro goal was way higher than what i've ever eaten with fat and in my mind at that time, I was like, why, why, how can I be eating this much fat? Like, I'm not going to lose weight and get to my body composition goal with this much fat. And in reality, like that is not the case. Yeah. And I think one thing that not many people know, and without getting too sciencey and geeking out here, fat is the only macronutrient that you can consume that doesn't have an impact on insulin right? Mm -hmm. When you ingest fat, it doesn't generate an insulin response. But when you ingest protein and carbohydrates, it absolutely does. And so that's one of the reasons that we're able to 
consume fat in amounts that some people would think, how is that possible? Like you had just mentioned. Yeah. Because it's really providing us more satiety than anything else. Mm -hmm. And it's also aiding in digestion significantly. Yeah. And go ahead. I was just going to say that. And a lot of that research that was out there 30, 20, even 10, 20, 30 years ago about how terrible fat is for you, how incredibly potent saturated fat is and all of these things about cholesterol like a lot of that has gone to the wayside Mm -hmm. now there's actually some data showing that okay we probably need some of these things in smaller amounts like some of these things are actually good for our body in like we'll say moderate i don't want to say moderation because that's subjective but you get what i mean yeah and with fat if you're not eating enough it can really affect your hormones men and women yeah it's some serious stuff. So you need to eat fat. Mm-hmm. So quit buying fat-free dressing. Quit buying fat-free cheese. Yeah. Number one, that's just gross because that <laughs> means there's no dairy. Like, means it's not real. <laughs> and number three, I don't even know where I'm going now because I got caught up on the cheese. Just eat your fats. Yeah. Right? Get those in. But that was our last one on nutrition. Yeah. Did any others come to mind as we were rattling through those lists? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think we we did pretty well there. If you guys listening wants to hear about any other topics similar to what we just discussed, let us know. Like we said at the beginning of the episode, reach out. We'll be happy to cover those. Maybe we'll make an Instagram post or a... Or do another podcast. Or a blog or even another podcast (laughs) if we get enough of them. Yeah, absolutely. So we hope you guys enjoyed the episode and we're able to take something out of it. And until next time, we hope you guys have a fantastic week. Bye, guys. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or if you're here with us each and every week, we cannot thank you enough. We could not do this without all of your love and support. And so for that, we just want to take a moment and again, say thank you. Now, if you haven't already done so, make sure you head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, drop a comment in there as well, because that is how we gain recognition. That is how we reach more people and change more lives through the platform. As usual, if you don't follow us on all of our other channels, on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, the blog, etc., make sure you get on there and subscribe. Our handles are either ballistic.performance, ballisticperformance, or train underscore ballistic. Right? We had to throw that last one in there because for some reason, we can still not get all of ballistic performance under our name. Right? Some people are holding on to those things. So maybe eventually one day... That will be our handle across the board. But until that time, again, guys, we love you so much, and we hope to catch you next week. Have a fantastic day.